Welcome to the Wake and Take podcast. On today's show, plenty to talk about NFL all over the place with, with free agency news. Tom Brady is back. The Vikings have extended Kirk Cousins for one more season. March Madness is here. The brackets are out, so we're going to go through that as well. We'll start the show with March Madness and some of our picks. We're going to be back on Wednesday night as well for a complete breakdown of the madness that starts uh, the round of 64 on Thursday. We got some wild, some wolves, and a little bit of twins talk in there as well today. There is a house in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. sports ahead of us one of my favorite weeks of the entire sports season or the entire year really of any sport uh, the first weekend of March Madness combined with this last weekend of all the championship games it's really it's a overload of games fellas but uh, it's good to have the full squad on tonight let's start with March Madness Andy um, congratulations to your Iowa Hawkeyes and I know you're riding high after the Big Ten championship on Sunday now, is this another situation where you're going in 100 miles an hour, full steam ahead, and you're going to fall you know, flat on your face? I am as confident in the Hawkeyes as I was in the Packers to win the Super Bowl this year. That is how fast I am flying. Uh, if you listen to John Rothstein, uh, the uh, the CEO of March, if, uh, many people are saying this, um, on pardon my take today, he, uh, he had Iowa in his final four. Oh, um, I I was playing some of the best basketball in the country in 2022. Keegan Murray's playing, uh, by he's by far the best basketball player, um, individual player, uh, in college basketball right now. And um, I'll take. We've got uh, I mean we've got Richmond, we got Richmond in the first round. Then either Providence or South Dakota State in the second round, and then we'd have to take on probably Kansas and Wisconsin to get to the final four. And I love that. I love that route so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't really watched a whole lot of Kansas basketball this year. I actually maybe one game or a half of one game, um, but the the national analysts are very hot on Kansas and and also Auburn as well. But uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting uh, another experiment to see how it how it turns out for Andy's squad. Um, how has Iowa been in the last uh, few tournament runs, Andy? Uh, we had, um, oh, did we make a sweet 16 last year? I think, um, I thought it was an earlier exit than that. Was it not? Um, I forget off the top of my head. March, March last the, year was a long time ago. It was the bubble. Tournament. Uh, Let me look. <laughs> um, I, I will say though, that, that Fran McCaffrey, the knockdown Fran McCaffrey in his 12 years with the Hawkeyes has been, they get off to hot starts, and then February comes and they fall apart. They always are a quick exit from the Big Ten tournament. Then don't do not do, do, do a whole lot in March. This is the first team that Fran McCaffrey has had that like every single month has shown improvement um, and isn't falling apart at the end of the season. Um, like it, it's a completely different look for the Hawkeyes. I mean, if you're a Hawkeye fan, like you 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 felt you felt February come the past ten years. And the Hawkeyes just fall apart. Uh, I think that's the biggest difference. I think for Hawk fans is is that we have um, all the confidence behind us, um, as opposed to the previous years, like last <clears> year <throat> with, with Joey's camp and Luca Garza. I think we might have been a three seed. 
Um, and no one really expected us to do a whole lot. I think we got bounced in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. I think we might have won two games and then got smoked in the Sweet 16. But don't uh, – I'm checking the uh, the bracket now. I'm so looking at it. It looks like you guys were a two seed. You won game one over, I, I believe that says – Oh, Grand Canyon. Yep, and then lost to uh, Oregon. Lost to Oregon. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, that's enough Iowa talk for a while. Number one seeds, yes, number is. one overall seed is Gonzaga. They are the lead uh, horse right now, I guess, in terms of the odds to win it all at 7-2. to two. Um, Arizona was number two. This is from the Caesar Sportsbook, and this was as of Sunday night at about 10 o'clock. Uh, Arizona 6-1, to one, the second uh, favorite to win. Now, Duke is a two-seed, Kentucky two-seed, Villanova two-seed, Auburn two-seed as well, as I didn't mention. Uh, Baylor is a, a one-seed as well as Kansas. BG and Zachary, any teams jump out to you right away in the one or two line? And I also have some stats about one, two, and three seeds. Uh, but any, any teams jumping out to either of you? Yeah, I do really like Gonzaga, which isn't saying much since they're the number one seed in all the tournament, but... I think just something has to be said about a team who has three or four reliable scores. So when they go to double team somebody, um, somebody else picks up that slack as well as experience in March. And few teams have more experience than Gonzaga. Like Drew Timmy, he's been to the national championship and he's excelled in March. Um, so he has that experience. And then another guy who they can go to if he's getting doubled or if they're paying more attention to him is Chet, obviously, um, scoring on three different levels there. And then they have a – he's either a senior or a junior guard um, who's like light-skinned with curly hair. I forget his name, but he is a very good guard for Gonzaga, one of the best guards um, in all of college basketball. So I think that three-headed monster Gonzaga is going to be tough to stop. Um pairing up with that experience. And on that note with experience, uh, uh, number two seed Villanova, um, they've got some great guard play. I believe it's Gillespie, the younger brother um, who's now playing for Villanova. Villanova always seems to do great in March madness. Um, they make a lot of title games and um, Jay Wright. I think that's the Villanova yep. coach. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Best trust coach in basketball. Yeah. He, he always gets the guys ready in March, and they seem to make some some lengthy runs. So out of the one and two seeds, I, I, I say Gonzaga is obviously a really good pick, and then Villanova. You can just never count them out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, now, Gillespie, I think that is like the – it is the same Gillespie as before, Colin Gillespie from you – know, was it the national championship team? Was he on oh, that wow. team? I think he's in his sixth year because he got hurt last year – Got the uh, the uh, whatever you call it the red shirt or what uh, what's it called for medical red shirt is what I was looking for I guess there got a medical red shirt he's back for his sixth season uh, I believe that's Colin Gillespie um, but yeah it, that's definitely a good bet but none the Wildcats in March I mean it's they always talk about Tom Izzo but another guy you can put up there is Jay Wright always having his team ready to play and it's a good bet this time of year um, Zachary. I'm going to read off some stats to you, and then you tell me uh, some teams you're you're looking at, if you're looking at any. Uh, number one versus number 16 seeds over the, this is since 1985, or 143-1. and one. 
two verse 15 seeds. Uh, the two seeds are 135 and nine. So they've lost nine times to the 15 seed. Duke was one of those a couple of years back. Um, there's been some others as well. Uh, three verse 14, 122 and 22 um, are three seeds versus 14. So 22 wins for the 14 seed. Um, so that all together, one, two, and three seeds, 400 uh, wins, 32 losses. And that's since 1985. Of the past 21 national champions, 20 of those were won by a one, two, or three seed. The top three seeds have won 32 of the last 36 NCAA titles. So, I mean, that kind of, those kind of stats, maybe those are just cherry picked and whatnot, but it seems like a pretty, pretty good chance that the, the winner is going to be either from that one, two, or three seeds. We haven't really talked about the three seeds, but they're Texas Tech, Purdue, Tennessee, and Wisconsin. And now Tennessee, there's a lot of craziness, but but Bill Weathers, go ahead. Yeah, no, I uh, I think is a pretty significant drop off from that two to three seed range there. More than in past tournaments, in my mind, it's kind of a strange year um, for basketball, given that that weekend we had where the one through six seed lost, or not seed, I suppose, rank um, teams all lost in that one Saturday or one Sunday about a, a half a month ago, and so. You look at Wisconsin. I wouldn't. I'm not going to touch that them with a pole right now. Um, I like Johnny Davis a lot. I, I don't mind Wisconsin. I'm not saying that out of hate. <laughs> uh, I just don't know. Um, Tennessee's great. I think that's they're probably the most solid three seed. Uh, Texas Tech. They've got some experience there, um, but I don't think they're going to survive the Duke and uh, Gonzaga quadrant. I don't think there's any way. Any. I, this is just me, but I don't think there's any chance that either Duke or Gonzaga doesn't make it out of there. Um, and most likely it's going to be Gonzaga, but you never know, you know, coach K's last year uh, coaching, maybe Duke's got a little extra something um, to say about that one there. Um, they did say, however, though, last two seasons, there's been a 14 seed beating a three seed. I'm pretty sure about that, that, that I heard that correctly. And it could be, I don't know. I, I, I could see Wisconsin falling. Big, big 10 was horrible last year. Absolutely horrible in the tournament. And we're not better. The Big Ten in, in um, as a collective unit is not better than they were last year. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, Wisconsin at that three seed, I don't agree with that. Um, I'd say I think Providence did a little more to deserve a three seed. I know they got kind of they got bounced earlier in the tournament than they. No, they either lost. In, they might have actually lost in the championship versus Villanova. Uh, uh, maybe they lost the seed. I can't, I can't quite remember. Maybe we check that, but. Um, I think Providence did a little more to deserve that than Wisconsin did. Um, and I think even Iowa, I wouldn't say Iowa gets a three seed, but I don't think that Wisconsin goes, gets ranked higher than Iowa. I just don't, I don't know. Wisconsin, they don't score much comparatively. And it just doesn't, I don't know. They, they seem like a team that's going to go down. So that's my, uh, that's, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Purdue go down. I mean, they obviously had a good run in, in the big 10 tournament, but they, they just have a, and sometimes they just don't want to play defense at all, and then they get in the offensive end and they'll just start jacking up shots and throwing it down to well, when that Edie dude is in there, the seven foot four dude, monster. You know, like, all it was is them throwing up a three pointer and then him getting the rebound, which is crazy. Right. He's so big. I know. He's he's monsters. And sometimes he's like when he gets the ball on the low block, 
it's impossible to stop him because he's seven foot four. So he's, you know, a foot taller or half a foot taller than their tallest guy typically. And it's yeah. just like he, they have no chance. His wingspan is mad. And he's not like a, he's not like a Chet Holmgren. He's a couple inches taller than Chet, three or four inches taller than Chet, but he's not like that skinny. He's big. Like he's pretty thick and yeah, yeah he's just a monster. But at times they just look so much different. Sometimes they look unbeatable, and then at times they look very, very beatable. And I could see them just, just kind of falling asleep. They were just clumsy yesterday. I mean, I, I, I'm looking it up now how many uh, um, how many turnovers they had, but they had way too many turnovers. Edie yeah. was getting a lazy, lazy down low. Uh, Joe Toussaint, who's like five five, was picking his pocket a couple times. I mean, that was. Not a great. It's seventeen turnovers total. Most of those were were live ball turnovers. And there as was well. there was one point in the second half, Andy, uh, maybe midway through the second half, where they had like three turnovers in a row. Purdue did, and Iowa had a turnover yeah. in there as well. Uh, but and I think Tucson finished the whole thing with a slam. But that was ridiculous. They were just like sprinting the ball up the floor and then trying to make a pass, like a shovel pass or a bounce pass to Edie, and it just kept getting picked off like the same play. And it was ridiculous. Uh, I could see, I could also see Purdue in the final four, um, but I could, yep. I could see them losing the first round as well. Uh, if I mean, you, so if that, if that um, kept up and there was a third, you know, this year, uh, another 14 seed beat a three seed. We don't have to, we're not talking even putting it on our brackets, just saying for the, for the heck of it, who do you think would go down? If one of those four, so it's one of those Tennessee versus Longwood, uh, Texas Tech versus Montana State, Purdue versus Yale, and Wisconsin versus Colgate. Who's uh, the first one? Longwood and Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee versus Longwood. I could see if I had to choose one, I'd I'd pick the Badgers, just because their play of pace is so so slow that if they find themselves down in the first half, it's going to be tough when you're not a high-powered offense to come back. And, you know, you see that with Virginia, where they're not a good tournament team at all because they can't score the basketball. They're good at defense, but these teams that they play are so um, powered up and and hyped up to to play in March Madness that these smaller schools, they're they're going to score points even if it's against the Virginia defense because it's March Madness and they're there to play. So... If I had to pick one, I'd pick Madison. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but it's going to be tough if they're down in the first half to outscore the opponent and come back. I think. Yeah, I would. I would absolutely love that. Um, I, I think I'm going to have to stick with Purdue. I, they're just the most inconsistent team that I and I don't really know anything about Tennessee other than that the Tennessee fans were pissed that they're not a two seed. Um, but yeah, I think Texas Tech is going to win. They're a pretty solid tournament tested team. They've been uh, on a deeper on the last few years so yeah i, yeah, I like I texas see. tech and i yeah, i just think purdue is really the only one that could get sleepy and maybe stumble in that first round it's going to be a big 10 school that's for sure it's gonna be one of those two i'd, I'd say yeah. wisconsin it just doesn't see in colgate they they were the team i think that beat duke who did they beat they upset someone about yeah it was duke five years ago was it duke i want to say it was yeah i'll look it up you know, but I, I feel like it's just um you get one win under your belt there. You, obviously, they haven't. They're not a VCU type team or a team like that. But you know, VCU had that one crazy year, and then all of a sudden they followed up with a couple more years after. And they're not. They're not the most unheard of team out there. Um, they had a really good year, and I think. I think this is Colgate. I might be getting mixed up. 
with oh, who might that be? I'm looking up somewhat, Colgate uh, tournament. Colgate, I think they're they're uh, 22 of the last 23 wins. Oh, um, that might be South Dakota State. Is that South Dakota State? They they're 30 and two, and they've won at least their past 20 games. Oh wow, who are they playing? Mm, I don't know, but they're going to upset them. Okay. And Colgate also did not beat Duke. They have, by my... Uh, yeah, it seems like they're 0-4 in the tournament. In the tournament? Yep. Who did who beat Duke then back in the day? Do you remember that? I'm going to look it up. I, oh, it was Lehigh was one year, but Duke lost a oh, couple yeah. of times. I wonder if those are both toothpaste brands. Just get mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> Lehigh, a toothpaste brand? <laughs> hey, let's cut that. Let's cut that joke from the pod. <laughs> You want me to? It's definitely. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, okay. Sixteen oh three. Not happening. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yep. Consider it. Was. Consider it done. Yep. Awesome. Um, um. All right. Well, continuing on. Oh, I got a stat for you, actually, uh, Zach. So the nation, or the conference with the most teams out of it, was the Big Ten once again, um, with nine, same as last year, uh, but the only conference. Um. No, is that not right? Oh, we only yeah yeah it is right. We only had one team, one Big Ten team, make it uh, to the second weekend last season. Uh, <laughs> although they yeah. had the most teams by any conference uh, this year, it's the Big Twelve, the Big East, and the SEC all had six. The Big Ten had nine. Yeah, dude, and we that's that was the crazy thing. We had what number one Illinois last year, number two Iowa last year, I think, and then Purdue was Purdue and Michigan were both. Oh my goodness! I think Michigan was a one seat as well, dude. Uh, we yes, yeah, they were. And so that's the that's the thing that worries me about this series. That our highest seed team is Wisconsin, and then Purdue, and those are two of the teams that I would, you know, I'd right now I'd take Iowa over those teams. If if I was a three seed and those guys were five, I'd, I'd it'd make sense to me. I don't like Iowa, but it it would make more sense to me. Um, yeah, Andy, yeah, how did you feel about the Iowa seeding? Is that is that a correct seating? I don't think you mentioned anything about I that. Mean, I, the the committee never like they don't take into account players who are hot or not players team teams who are hot. They look at the whole season. Um, I mean, it, it, traditionally they've looked at the full season like as as one resume, not looking at trends as much. So um, I was actually reading an article today because the Iowa women's team is a two seed in the tournament. Um, and the women's committee does factor in teams that are playing well into their, uh, into their rankings. So I think before the big Ten tournament, Iowa was projected to be like a three or a four seed on the women's side, but ended up being a two seed. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, I, I don't think Iowa fans are super upset about it. It, it doesn't, the thing that doesn't make sense to me is how they, um, go from the rankings toward the end of the year and then transfer those over to seeds because Illinois, I think ended the year ranked lower than Iowa. So I think Iowa ended the year ranked like 16th. Yeah. 16th. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a different pool. Like in college, in college football, it's the college football rankings. So it's the committee that's making the rankings where it's the AP voters versus whoever the committee is. Oh, and, so it's a different, yeah. It's a different group of people. Okay. Yeah. So I think Iowa finished, 16th, uh, I think it was. 16th, so that would be what? That would be a four seed, the four last seed. four seed. Yep. And then Illinois, who got upset 
in the, like the quarterfinals by Indiana. So Illinois was a 19 ranked 19th, but they got the four seed. Yeah. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think there's a huge amount of difference between a four or five seed though. Um, you're still playing well, a potential. They, they said 12 30, or 13. I think it's 31 of the last 35 tournaments. There's been a five seed that's gone down. So I, I think it, maybe it's just superstition. I don't know, but I'd much rather be a four seed than a five seed for that very reason. Yeah, I mean, Providence is a four seed, and they probably have a harder game against South Dakota State than Iowa does against Richmond, who was an upset to, to win their tournament. It's a good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah, Kentucky and Duke are the third and fourth teams with the best odds. Um, Duke is at seven to one. Uh, no, sorry, Kentucky is at seven to one. Duke is at ten to one. Um, and I have a few other things in here. Last four in uh, Dayton, Oklahoma, SMU, and Texas A&M. Um, and you never know. Maybe one of those teams could slip in if, if a team gets COVID or something. It doesn't seem like COVID really exists anymore, but uh, you never know. Maybe Dayton could be uh, could be sneaking in. We mentioned Richmond. Uh, it was actually a pretty good game. I don't know if any of you guys watched that, but the Richmond versus Davidson, it was on before. Uh, the Big Ten Championship game. Davidson's got some dudes. Um, they got this dude like Bratislava or something, and he's just a beast. He like studied, or he went to some like camp uh, for like a month or two in the off season. They said he didn't even play basketball. He just like worked out and like put himself uh, in like saunas and like cold tubs and just like went on this like crazy training regiment in uh, May or April of last year. I was probably like may but anyway he he's a crazy dude and he's actually pretty good he's like pretty good shooter can drive it inside long fella uh be fun to watch him play is that the luca guy uh yeah 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 i was watching that game he, he was by far their best player yeah he's pretty tough and uh he's got some crazy training regiment too um let's see what else i have we do you guys want to fill out a bracket uh, a podcast bracket we can just do it real quick. Sure. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Majority majority gets the pick. Yep. Okay, and so how about if we get to tie the higher seed gets it? Sure. I like it. Uh, well, let's just start in the top left corner. We're taking Gonzaga in the first round. Yep. Okay. Uh Boise State Memphis. What do we think? I like Boise. Memphis. I like Boise. We're going Boise. Sorry, Andy. Uh Yukon. <laughs> New Mexico State. Um, I know UConn. nothing about either of them. Let's go with UConn. I like, I like UConn as a tournament team. I do too. Uh, Arkansas, this is Musselman now, versus the Catamounts, I think they are, of Vermont. And they've won a bunch of games in a row. It's like 24 of 25. Uh, who do you like? Vermont. I like our boy Musselman. I like Musselman. Oh, I'm deciding vote. I got to go with Musselman. I want to pick Vermont too, BG, but I got to go with Moss. <laughs> All right, uh, Alabama versus Rutgers or Notre Dame. I like taking the Rutgers Notre Dame. Uh, Me too. Yeah, I think Rutgers is going to be good. Okay, I don't even mind if Notre Dame wins because they shoot, mm-hmm. I don't know, like forty something percent from behind the three point line. So that'd just be fun to watch a team that just makes a ton of threes. Um, Texas Tech. Montana State in the three versus fourteen matchup, like Texas Tech. Anybody? Uh, Montana State. Yep, Texas Tech. 
Okay. Uh, Michigan State Davidson. This is actually be a good game. And I kind of want to pick Davidson. I think I got a Michigan State on that one. Yeah, Michigan State. VG. Michigan State. All right. Uh, Duke, CSU, Fullerton. We're taking Duke. Duke. Okay, let's finish out this Duke. side. Let's We'll stay at the bottom here. Duke in the two-versus-seven round of 32 game. Duke versus Michigan State. I like Duke. Michigan State. Duke. Duke. Duke it is. Uh, Texas Tech versus Rutgers or Notre Dame. We're saying Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers. I guess what Andy said. Texas Tech. I like Texas Tech. Texas a good tourney team. Um, all right. Arkansas, UConn, four versus five. UConn. I like UConn. 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 Let's do it. UConn it is. And Gonzaga versus Boise State. We're taking Gonzaga. Gonzaga. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Gonzaga versus UConn. I like Gonzaga. Yep. Texas yeah. Tech and Duke. I I like ending Coach K's career right here. Nah, Duke. Who are they playing? Texas Tech? Yep. Yeah, I'll do Texas Tech. I don't think Duke is going to do well, to be honest. I got Duke. I got Duke in that one. All right, that's a 50. That's a coin flipper. What are we saying? That's Duke by tiebreaker. Cat. Or, or we can flip a coin if you guys want to do it that way. I'm that's, cool. That, it, it's, it's, it's perfect. This is an audio medium, and we can uh, flip a coin for the audience. <laughs> uh, all right. Duke it is. Moving on to the East region. Uh, we're taking Baylor. North Carolina Marquette in the 8-9 matchup. UNC. I like UNC. I like UNC. Okay, we got St. Mary's and Wyoming versus uh, Indiana. Wyoming. St. Mary's. Indiana. (laughs) I like St. Mary's. We got a 50-50, so. I think it goes to St. Mary's. Yeah, that's right. Okay. UCLA versus Akron. Taking UCLA. Yep. Yep. Um, Virginia Tech, a team that's been very hot as the 11 seed against Texas with the 6 seed. I like VC, VT. I take VT. Okay, Virginia Tech it is. Purdue versus Yale, 314. I like Purdue, I think. Purdue. Purdue. Yep. Murray State, San Francisco. I like Murray State. Both same teams. That's that's a shame those two had to play. Uh, let's go Murray State. Okay, Murray State it is. Kentucky and St. Peter's. Let's take Kentucky. Kentucky. All right, two versus seven. Murray State versus Kentucky. I like Kentucky. Kentucky. Any objections? Kentucky. Okay, moving yeah, on. I probably got to go that way. Purdue yeah. versus Virginia Tech. Three versus 11. <laughs> round of 32. I like Purdue. Purdue. Yeah. Cool. St. Mary's. Five seed versus the four seed UCLA. I I like UCLA. Johnny Juzang and uh, what's the there? dude with? Yeah, and uh, that's a that, that's a crosstown game, isn't it? St. Mary's and UCLA. Uh, like, isn't St. Mary's in Los Angeles? No, I don't think so. I think it's up. It's a little Washington. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I have no idea where St. Mary's is. I'll look it up. I just picture them in, in California. California. Oh no way. I picture them in Washington. That's kind of interesting. It's in what, in what city? Oh, they're up by uh, like Moraga. Uh, they're in the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay. 
Cool. Um, uh, who did we see on that one? I like UCLA. I mean, they also yeah. got that dude, Tiger Campbell, who's got like, I don't know, 20 pounds of hair. He's just he a, shares a name with Tiger Woods. Yep, but he's, no, it's spelled T-Y-G-E-R. Oh, close enough. That's yeah. really better. Yeah. Let's do, let's do UCLA. Okay, yep. UCLA it is. Uh, Baylor versus UNC in the one versus eight round of 32. I like Baylor. 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 Baylor, UCLA, 1B4. Baylor. Baylor. Yep, I'm Baylor as well. Uh, Purdue and Kentucky. 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 Yeah. Purdue. I I think I got to go Kentucky. I think Purdue just it's gonna be too many tough matchups. I don't, in a row. I don't. I just don't think that they can win like whatever it is, five, six games. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think they have the yeah. uh, uh, the attention span to do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving up uh, to the South, top right region, Arizona. We'll take them. Uh, eight nine games. Seton Hall versus TCU. Any strong opinions here? Seton Hall, but G-U. for no reason. Seton Hall. Let's go Seton Hall. Uh, Houston versus UAB. I like Houston. 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 Uh, doesn't UAB have a sweet guard, though? Now that I'm thinking about yeah. it. Apparently they jelly. won three games. Yeah, game. is that what it is? Jelly? Something? Yeah, jelly the, Walker? Big Cat, Big Cat and the Barton Matik guys are tweeting all about him. <laughs> oh, they were talking yeah, about him on the uh, selection show, too. Yeah. Oh, maybe we have to take him. Well, we can come back to that. Uh, Illinois versus Chattanooga. In the four thirteen matchup, Illinois. I like it. I like Chattanooga. You do? Any their, others? Uh, their their coach, I believe, was Wisconsin's assistant basketball coach for the past couple of years. So um, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their coach was um, was Wisconsin assistant for ten years. Knows how to beat Big Ten teams. Mm, that's my interesting we're going with illinois sorry randy (laughs) we'll keep that in mind though uh this is an interesting (laughs) one colorado state the six seed versus the 11 seed michigan i like the wolverines go rams go rams best player on their team from breck minnesota david roddy uh, mountain west first team yep all right let's do it colorado state it is all right we got tennessee and longwood i like tennessee Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago in the 7-10 game. I like uh, Loyola, Chicago. I believe they opened as potentially favorites. I like Ohio State. Loyola I believe too. it. It's Loyola. They're a tournament team. All right. And we like and Vanilla. Sister Jean is still alive. She is, and she'll be at the game. Maybe, actually. Wow. I have no idea. She was at the, yeah, uh, she will. the tournament game. Really? That's cr- How does she even get tournament. there? She flies. There's no way. You think yeah. she can get on a plane with wings? Can I can I just point out? Can I just point out to the audience that 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 uh, Briel has used the analysis? They're a great tournament team for two teams, and they're not like Duke or Michigan State. He's used it for Texas Tech and Loyola Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't get, like, Texas Tech is a good tournament team. That's, that's, that's a lot of recency bias right there. <laughs> hey, great. Well, Loyola, yeah, okay, but uh, I did say for VCU first for the record, okay. They aren't even in the tournament this year, but they're a great tournament team. I rest in mind, this is the guy who picked Oregon to win it all one year and Oklahoma State to win it all one year. (laughs) I believe both were knocked out in the first game. (laughs) Oregon State definitely was. South Dakota State was, or San Diego State was, 
the most heart wrenching. Uh, they were Two also seed. five seed. Oh, they were five. Five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, Ohio I, State I, and Loyola Chicago are pick them, so they're money line either way. All right, should we continue on? Um, where were we at here? Tennessee, Longwood, Loyola, Chicago, Villanova. Okay, uh, to the round of 32 in the South region, it's Arizona versus Seton Hall. I like Arizona. Arizona. Cool. Houston versus Illinois. Houston. Mm-hmm. Illinois. Houston. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna go Illinois. <laughs> Houston's a good tournament team or Illinois is? You heard it. You heard it here. Uh, I was saying Houston, but I don't think that's correct. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're, it's a tie, so it goes to Illinois. Colorado State versus Tennessee, 6-3 matchup. I like Tennessee. Colorado. Tennessee. Tennessee. Loyola, Chicago versus number two, Villanova. I like Nova. Nova. Nova, Nova versus Tennessee, the three versus two, sweet 16 matchup. Nova is actually a good tournament team. I gotta go Nova on that one. Who did Villanova play the game before? They played uh, Loyola, Chicago. And who did Tennessee play before? Tennessee played Colorado State. All right, I'll do Villanova. Villanova. It is, and now it's Villanova and Arizona in the Elite Eight. I like – I got to go Arizona. I just like following Vegas. I know yeah. it's, it sucks, but yeah, it's a way Nova. to win. I'll go Nova, and then – but I think it's okay. Arizona. Then. Okay, it. yep. One versus two, it goes to Arizona. So that's three of the four final four teams set. We have Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, and one region to go. With the Midwest region, Kansas wins the first – uh, against a playing game. Then we got San Diego State, the eight seed versus the nine seed, Creighton. I'm a San Diego State man. Okay. Creighton. Yeah, good tournament team, San Diego State. <laughs> um, I'll go San Diego State. I'm riding with uh, the Briel uh, <laughs> genius over there. All right, number five, Iowa versus the 12th seed, hottest spider team, probably the only spider team in the tournament, uh, the, the Richmond Spiders. I like Iowa. 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 The fourth seed is Providence. They play South Dakota State, the 13 seed. I have really no strong opinion about Sandy South or South Dakota. South Dakota State. Providence. You know what? There, there's a chance that we could see a SDSU versus SDSU. If San Diego okay, State let's do it. Let's get do some it. upset. <laughs> I love it. I love it. San Diego <laughs> State. so confused is. out there. that would be great all right the uh 6 11 game is lsu versus iowa state and i don't know lsu's coach just got fired for uh ncaa violations this week so i'm gonna go iowa Iowa state is he not gonna be at the game no he was just fired what like in the (laughs) wow it's crazy why didn't they have big news about that like he was Oh, because it happened like right before the 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 bracket came out. He um he had been caught like he was sanctioned like five years ago for allegedly doing improper stuff, and then he got caught again actually paying players um, hmm. or paying off. I don't know. I forget. It was paying someone something. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I missed so that. Was, I think that's 
Yeah, let's go Iowa State. And it looks like this meeting is about to end soon. Okay, I will send a new one in just a sec whenever it goes. We'll just keep going until it does. All right, Wisconsin versus Colgate, 3 versus 14. Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, I think Wisconsin. Wisconsin. All right, the 7-10 game is USC and Miami. All right, programming note here. We had to stop the Zoom, start a new one because uh, of a 40-minute time limit on that. Uh, we're going to jump into baseball because Zach has to hop off the podcast in just a little bit here. So let's get into baseball now. We're going to finish the rest of the bracket on Wednesday night with all of our picks and uh, a national champion as well. But for now, here's baseball, Zach. All right, Zach, let's talk a little baseball. Twins in the news today. Honestly, I have no idea what I, I, I know. We traded some shortstop and that's and and, and Josh Donaldson. So and Donaldson, yeah, uh, pretty confusing here. So the last week here we traded, we've dished um, Garver, which is honestly the thing that it got me even more frustrated than Donaldson didn't make any sense because um, we so we dished Donaldson and Kiner Falalfa, I think it was our new shortstop we had just got from the Rangers, dished him to the Yankees for Gary Sanchez. Um, But we also dished in that trade, I believe it was that trade or the Garver trade. I can't remember. Uh, Chase Petty, one of our good pitching prospects. And um, Mm. it leaves, I think, anyone, any Minnesota Twins fan just confused as hell what's going on. I don't know what their angle is, what they're trying to do here. I heard they might be trying to dish Sanchez too, just as soon as we got him here. So, what our end goal is here, I don't even know. We picked up Sonny Gray. I think actually that's who we dished Petty for, uh, involved in that trade. Um, actually, mate, was uh, yeah, yeah, that was odd. That was an odd trade because Sonny Gray that happened earlier in the day, but I think he just came right from the Yankees. I can't remember. It was, it was a lot of moves were made. So right now we're sitting with. Uh, Sonny Gray and, and Gary Sanchez is the two big names that we got. And uh, I like Sonny Gray. I don't love him. He hasn't really – he's been an average pitcher. He came up really, really highly touted with the A's. Didn't really do a ton there. Went to the Reds and went to the Yanks. And he really has yet to make a real name for himself. But I think – I don't know. I, I don't mind that that – that decision Sanchez that didn't make any sense. I think what happened is what maybe we wanted just to just, just, just Donaldson's contract. He was owed 50 million over the next two years. Yeah. So yeah, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. I have really no idea. Donaldson was getting overpaid. I mean, he didn't maybe turn out as, as good as we had hoped. Um, and obviously there's a lot of pitching issues that were there as well, but yeah, I don't really know what to make of the twins. I said, I haven't really been following them and I haven't uh, right now. I, other than the, following the lockout a little bit, I guess, but um, I don't know what their long-term strategy is right now. If it's just try to sell everything off right now and, and, and like not get any pitchers or is it to try to just, I don't know. I have no idea. It, it, it doesn't make any sense because if they were doing a full rebuild, we wouldn't have, um, we wouldn't have dished Petty, uh, our, our minor league pitcher that we really, really should have just held on to. He's going to be great in a couple of years. Um, it would have made sense to dish Donaldson, but it wouldn't have made sense to dish Garver really for what we got from. And then to get Gary Sanchez here doesn't make any sense in this, in the case of that we are rebuilding because we're not, we don't want to even mess with that. We, we want to send him away. If we do end up sending him away and maybe we send gray away too, like it's, it's just, nothing's really adding up here. 
um, for what the twins are doing. I think they're just caught, you know, foots halfway out the door, halfway in the door here. Right. Well, they just re-signed Buxton too. And so now what are we trying to rebuild or not? You know, that's that's so true because now we, we got his, he could, you know, and I love Buxton and his contract wasn't as huge as maybe it could have been. I think it was more incentive based, which is how it should have been. It's how it should be. Um, Mm -hmm. But it, it, to hold on to him and then to do a full rebuild around that, that doesn't really make a bunch of sense because we're at this point in the career in Buxton's career where we can get a bunch for him. I know people are a little nervous about his injury, um, his injury history, but if he, he's an MVP candidate, if he's completely healthy, uh, he is that good. And so how many games does he have to play this season for him to be an MVP or an MVP candidate? You think Yeah, that's tough. They were talking about Juan Soto. A lot of people are crazy yeah. on Juan Soto right now. And they think he only needs to play about to 50% of his potential to win MVP, which I don't know how they calculate that. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even think they mean 50% of games. I think they just mean like to what he is could potentially do this year, which is yeah, ridiculous how they can um, even come up with that statistic. But I think Buxton's um, in what it might depend on too. And with the nationals, they're going to kind of suck this year. And if the twins, you know, if they dish Sanchez, I don't, I don't know what they're doing right now. We're not going to be contenders with what we've, with what we just did there. Um, so that makes it harder for them to win MVP. And it's just, that's the reality of it. Unless your name is Mike Trout, you're not going to, you're most likely not going to win a MVP if your team's in the bottom of the division, especially the AL central. So I, to answer your question there about, Oh man, Buxton plays a hundred. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I mean, we saw, we saw, we saw John Carlos Stanton when, uh, Won an MVP a couple of years ago with the Marlins team that was bottom of bottom of the division. I mean, it's not impossible. I think in baseball. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I feel like it's. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I I don't think it's gonna. I'll tell you that. I don't think it's gonna be with the Twins that happens. Um. But we're just not big enough market. I guess the Marlins weren't either. Yeah, Stanton might be an anomaly there in that sense where, you know, anyone but but Trout usually has got to be a, a big name or on a big team. And Stanton was a big name, but um, yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good point. Yeah, well, that's enough baseball talk uh, for now. And Zach, if you gotta you hop off whenever you have to, but let's go from from one franchise, uh, one pro sports team in Minnesota that really has no idea what they're doing to another, the Minnesota Vikings, um, who. Extended Kirk, which I'm actually happy about. I think they did the right the right thing there with him. They they lowered Kirk's cap hit uh, for next season by 14 million dollars. It'll be a 31.4 million dollar uh, cap hit in 2022, and comes with a 35 million dollar guaranteed contract and a no trade clause for through the t- the 2023 season. So for the next two seasons, we have Kirk locked up. And I think the no trade clause is a pretty, like, obviously it's a huge aspect of that deal. I don't really know why that was included other than, than Kirk obviously wanting, wanting the ability to control uh, his potential free agency in two seasons from now. Uh, BG, your thoughts uh, on Kirk resigning for, for one more season. Two. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm kind of split. There's a whole like salary cap uh, side of it that I don't really understand, but it sounds like 
by him doing this, we were able to save money this year um, and have more of the money go to his cap space, I believe, since the, the entirety of it or most of it is guaranteed. Um, so I'm happy about that. But I was the thing I wanted the most was just to not re-sign him to anything and have him play out this last contract year and then reevaluate uh, after the end of this NFL season. Um, so obviously we, we have him for another year now, which is whatever. Like I said before, I, I am a fan of Kirk Cousins, and I think he is a, a very good quarterback um, when he has those um, certain assets built around him. Um, I've seen a lot on Twitter that we're just paying an average quarterback or a quarterback who's slightly above average um, this type of money, which is just absolutely not true. And there's nobody else in the market that we could get who's better than Kirk and pay less than we pay Kirk right now. So, um, yeah, I'm not too bummed about it. Not too excited. Um, I'm just ready to buy into the whole Kevin O'Connell, Kirk cousins that he's really pumped up that Kirk is the quarterback here. Um, and just see what we can do without Zimmer and Rick Spielman as a coach and have a quarterback who talks to the head coach, um, and has meetings with them. And Yeah. Has, has a great relationship them with them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have Kirk back. He's a great quarterback, I think. So it's just another year, which is too bad, but it is what it is. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. to. I think the Kirk move was actually the right move there. I think now the next step is Daniel Hunter. What do they do with him? His cap hit next year is $26 million, and the Vikings are still, well, I think they're with the, with the minus $14 million for next year off of Kirk's cap hit. They're going to be under or very close to, to right on target for the cap next year, but they still have to sign free agents and the new draft class. So they have to get, uh, give or take, like another $20 million or so, uh, depending on what they're going to do with. They could also extend Thielen, extend uh, Cook, and they can use the uh, sign-on bonus a, as a way to give them a bunch more money without having to take that against the cap, and that's what they did uh, with Kirk. And they've done that before. Uh, Rick Spielman, I mean, every team does it, but Rick Spielman actually got in trouble for fudging the numbers a little bit, but he would always be super, the budget would always be super tight uh, with Spielman, and he'd find a way to kind of sneak around all the rules by doing more bonuses and and more, uh, just bonuses mostly, and front-loading some of that money. But uh, we'll see what all happens. I I think the the bigger things, like I said, is going to be what they do with Daniil, Thielen, Cook. I mean, this was kind of expected, and the the Vikings, at least the Vikings Twitter reporters, were all saying that offers were coming in from different teams on Kirk Cousins trade offers. They didn't like any of them, and KOC really wanted the opportunity to work with Kirk and wanted to have it not be a contract year for Kirk coming up. So the one year extension gives them that window. And if Kirk does just blow up this year, which I think is entirely possible with a coaching staff and a front office that actually believes in him, like you said, BG. Uh, it, it's good that we're not going to have to pay him $50 million in 2023 if he does blow up because I think that that could very well happen. Um, Randy Packer's side of things, Cesarius Smith now let go. That was expected of the Packers as well, but I think that's a, a guy the Vikings should target, especially if they can sign you know, Hunter, Thielen, Cook to extensions and, and offload some of that cap head into bonus money and then go after a, a guy like Cesarius Smith. I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, for the Vikings, the only problem with him is can he stay on the field? Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's had a long history of injury problems. I think it was just this last past year, but it was a 
back, maybe. I forget exactly what it was, but it was one of those kind of lingering injuries that can make you a little wheezy uh, moving forward. But again, I, I'm not a, I, I don't know what the Vikings cap situation is, but I mean, he's going to want probably north of $50 million over a couple of years. So, um, I mean, he's going to, he's going to get paid. That's for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing with the Packers is that um, uh, Devontae Adams apparently has said that he won't play under a franchise tag and he wants a long-term deal. And we haven't gotten the Packers, the Rogers contract uh, all sorted out yet. So, I think with Rodgers, the flexibility that he's giving the Packers is letting him put all the other pieces in. So we uh, we signed Preston Smith to a restructured extension. Uh, Devondre Campbell uh, went from making, um, oh, he, I think he was making under a million dollars last year. Mm. Uh, and he was a first-team All-Pro and yeah. now is making five years, 50 million. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, he... Uh, he led the NFL in tackles last year. Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're putting some of those defensive guys into place. Um, but, yeah, Devontae Adams, what's going to be the status with him? What is Rodgers' contract going to turn out? And I think Jair Alexander is due for – this is going to be – I think we just picked up his his rookie extension, but he's going to be due for a, a, a big contract here um, this year at some point. So um, I think it's gone about as planned for backer fans when it comes to – contracts uh Zadarius Smith wherever he goes I mean fans are gonna love him uh he's he's just a he's just an all-around great guy to have on your team um but I mean the big news for the Packers is we've got we've got Rodgers back we haven't had to do a fire sale on defense yeah it'll be interesting to see what those Rodgers numbers are it was what reported four-year uh 200 million dollar total deal something like that and it just doesn't um and I don't know how the um, I don't know how the the sal like how the salary cap works with like bonuses and signing, like how like a signing bonus um, impacts the cap, but um, it's going to be cap friendly in the sense that the way the money is going to come in over the course of the deal, it's kind of it's probably going to be Tom Brady esque with the Patriots where like Brady would make forty million dollars one year and then a million dollars the next or. Um, I mean, he had a pretty team-friendly contract in that sense, so um, expect something similar with uh, with Rogers and the Packers. Really, I think I don't think it'll be anywhere near the the percentage of the cap that that Tom Brady was at because he was only like oh, fourteen, I, 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 fifteen I, million, or fourteen, fifteen percent of his cap for a number of years when they were on that run well, with the Patriots. I, I'm, 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 I guess what I'm saying is is the uh, the way that the Patriots paid Brady was. It wasn't like he was making $15 million a year every year. Like they would, they restructured him often so that one year he would make a bunch of money. The next year she'd make less. But over the course of those two years, yeah. he was still making, um, like making whatever his average was. And that's what I'm hearing with the back or at least reading with the Packers is they're going to get all their other pieces in the place. And then it's going to be cap friendly in the sense that, year by year, the numbers might look a little weird, um, but it's going to work out. It's going to work out. At the end of the yeah, day. we'll see. We'll see what those numbers. I just think uh, Aaron Rodgers is way more egotistical and, and focused on himself and too much, too worried about, you know, what other quarterbacks are making to, uh, to really give the Packers that friendly of a team deal, but we'll see. 
We'll see because they can really fudge the numbers quite a bit with the signing bonus versus the guaranteed money. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of ways to to kind of fudge the numbers a little bit. Yep. Um, Tom Brady also back. It was a 40 day retirement. Um, so Adam Schefter, I, I think we got to uh, put him on the hot seat, and uh, we got to actually actually question if know? Tom Brady is back just to to spite Adam Schefter. I mean, Brady, Brady put out the Instagram videos and like was, I don't know. He, it's, it's not like, it, it's not like he never said he retired. I mean, Brady said he was retired. Mm-hmm. No, that's <laughs> uh, true. I mean, the, the initial report was, was right. But, um, but Brady just had second thoughts apparently after taking the trash out at home. Yeah. But I'm, I'm so happy he did because I feel like he's still got a couple of good years of football left in him, and it'd be tough to see the goat go out with a couple of years of football left in him. I mean, we want to see what he can do in his entirety of his playing career, and I think there's definitely still a few good years left on him. Oh, I think he looks at the AFC South like he did when he was with the Patriots, looking at the AFC East, <laughs> yeah. right, and just looking at the um, you're looking at the state of the Saints and the. Falcons and the Panthers and thinking, huh, like I can, <laughs> I can play them eight times a year and, right. and win, you know, and have a good chance of making a, you know, getting a buy, having well, the one seed. They can, they're still going to bring back most of those guys now. And it was a timely decision for, for Tom Brady because the, the French or the league year starts on Wednesday, I believe um, mm-hmm. with free agency beginning as well. So, I mean, it's perfect timing for the Bucs if they're going to try to keep all those guys, all those pieces. They have a lot of veterans and a lot of – I mean, that was a fantasy football team much like the uh, the Rams were, maybe not to the same extent, but there's a lot of free agents coming in and signing. So all those guys, or a lot of them, are going to have to re-sign in the next few days now. Uh, so it's going to be a crazy a crazy week of NFL news coming in as well. Um. BG, Randy, any other thoughts on, on any uh, – we could talk a little Wolves, BG, for just a sec um, if you want to. I've actually been watching – I've watched, like, probably the last four Wolves games. Um, now, I haven't watched the, about 30 minutes into the game tonight. Um, I haven't watched any of it so far, but I'll turn it on as soon as we're finished. Wolves won seven of their last eight. We had a six-game win streak for the first time since <clears throat> 2004, uh, and Beasley is just – draining threes once again. Yeah. Yeah. Wolves have been fun to watch. They've been on fire. Like you said, a lot of that is due to playing subpar teams um, who have had some people out, but we got a good win against Miami the other day, even without Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo, we were still underdogs in that matchup. So um, beating the number one seed is always a good win. And we're just a game and a half behind Denver. I believe Um, we play the Spurs tonight it actually starts at 7.30, so we're just about to tip off now. Oh, nice. And the Nuggets, I was just looking them up when you guys were talking, but <laughs> I believe the Nuggets are playing down, right, playing now, and they're down 15. hammered. Yeah, they're yeah. down 15 to the Sixers. So we definitely have a legitimate chance to swap a game tonight and just be a half game behind the Nuggets, which would be huge because then we would avoid the, the playing bracket. So Dang. getting that sixth seed is – definitely attainable now um, that we've caught up to Denver a little bit and Dallas, I guess, but definitely Denver. Um, and it would just be so awesome to get out of that seventh seed. Eight and two in the last 10 for the wolves. Uh, the nuggets are seven and three. So yeah, if, if the wolves can uh, beat 
Spurs tonight. Spurs are pretty bad, 26 and 42. So that should be a win. I mean, that should definitely be a win and be within half a game of the Nuggets uh, by the time we wake up tomorrow. I like it. Uh, Wild have been terrible. I don't know if you've been watching any Wild, but they, uh, they've, I don't know, they've lost maybe three of, uh, they won three of the last 10, I want to say something like that. Um, I've been watching them play a little bit too, and they they finally getting healthy too, which is the crazy thing. And they're they're playing as bad as they have all season. So hopefully this is just a hiccup before the playoffs start, uh, and the Wild can find some magic like they had the first two months of the season or so. But uh, that's kind of the uh, the state of Minnesota sports right there, fellows. Any other thoughts on anything? Last thing. Oh, go ahead. Andy. Oh no, no, you 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 had. I was just going to say last thing about the Vikings uh, before we started podcasting, it came up that we traded Xavier Woods away to the Panthers, mm. um, which is too bad. I, I liked him. Yeah. I thought he was a good safety for us um, and had some veteran experience, which we drastically needed in our defensive backs. So he's going to the Panthers. I think it was like a three year deal. So we're also going to have to fill a void next to Harry, the Hitman back there. Dang, do you know what we got in return? Or is he a free agent? I, I do not know. Um, I can look that up. Let's see. Yeah, and maybe he was a free agent. I think he was a free agent, actually. Yeah, but he's signing a three-year. Okay. Yeah, okay, so he was just a free agent. Yeah. Three-year, $15.75 million deal. Dang. To the Panthers, yep. Dang, yeah, he was solid for us last year. He played well. Yeah, I mean, they never really said his name during the game. No, exactly. He didn't make thing. he didn't really make that many mistakes, not too many penalties or anything that I can really remember. But yeah, that's going to yeah. be uh, another notch on the Vikings defense that now needs even more pieces. But it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Daniel Hunter. I hope it's just an extension, lower the cap hit, try to get some free agents in there to help yeah, out. Yeah, it'd be awesome secondary. to have Hunter back and then Zadarius Smith. I know that our outside linebacker coach apparently is friends with him. And he thinks highly of somebody else on our defensive uh, team. So having Hunter and Smith come off the edge would be extremely scary. And it would help out our defensive backs so much. Yep. And they're talking about keeping Anthony Barr because they're going to go to a 3-4. And apparently Barr would fit the scheme well. And I don't know about Barr. I've been on the – I really liked him the first, you know, like five years of his career, six years. I just think in the last few years he's gotten kind of slow and – I, I just don't know if he can still handle being a linebacker in the NFL or an outside linebacker, but we'll, we'll see what they decide to do with Anthony Barr. It could be a, an interesting experiment for that 3-4 defense. I just got a notification so we can break it here on Wake and Take, but Vikings just signed Harrison Phillips, former Bills defensive tackle, three years, $19.5 million. Okay. So if he's making six and a half a year as a D tackle, he must be – Pretty good. Harrison Phillips from the Bills. Let me look him up real quick. Andy, were you going to mention a little players' championship talk? Oh, yeah. I'm just going to call it Cam Smith um, with him. He golfed his ball today. He played absolutely (laughs) lights out, um, hit a ballsy shot on 17. I saw that. Um, I thought that that was kind of more luck than skill, but I don't know. Hey, you know, he played it off. He played it off like that's exactly what he was doing, taking the the Ricky Fowler line. So, uh, I mean, he he played great golf, and um, he's playing good golf at the right time. And, you know, he had to Augusta in a couple weeks, a place where, 
Uh, he's had some success the past couple of years, so he's probably your favorite or one of your top five favorites going into uh, going into the Masters. You really? Oh yeah. He is. I I think what I saw is Cam Smith over the last what however many years since he started playing, uh, whenever it was the the Masters, maybe five years, four or five years. Is he is he is the the fourth best record or fourth best score to par, um, over the past couple of years. So he's playing good golf and and Augusta's of course it fits his eye. Okay. We'll we'll see about that. Sorry, I'm also was, trying to fun, research it was this. Uh, fun golf. Uh, if fun. anyone watch it, um, it was I, some fun golf this week. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch, especially when it was blowing crazy on Saturday, and they were just hitting balls all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like 17 was just a nightmare on Saturday because the wind was coming like 40 miles an hour in, and they were hitting like 200 yard shots on a 130 yard hole and missing the green by 30 yards. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely yeah. awesome, and I don't feel bad for them at all. It was definitely nope. not that cold. Uh, they Cam, just need to... Cam Smith's last four Masters are tied, uh, going twenty twenty one back to twenty eighteen. T ten, T two, T fifty one, T five. So you got mm. a couple top fives and a top ten. Um, so he's a uh, um, he's playing well. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, fellows, that'll do it. Uh, well, we're going to do another episode uh, this week in a couple days, actually uh, Wednesday night before March Madness begins. Um, oh, should we finish our bracket real quick, or should we just do, should we just do that on Wednesday? <laughs> we can do that Wednesday. Okay, we'll do yeah, that on true Wednesday. True, we can take fashion. Let's not finish it. Okay, perfect. Let's. Uh, I actually got it up still, so uh, we we might finish it on Wednesday. I hope to see you all then.